Hello and welcome to the Pocket Rocket podcast. I am here with Chris McCready. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you. Appreciate it. And some of you may know him as Keefe um, on Instagram. Do you want to just do a little bit of an introduction to who you are and um, like what you've been went up to recently? Yeah, so I am, of course, Christopher McCready. I am um, 23 years old. I am a DFAC pro bodybuilder. Um, I recently I like most things like I was just saying um, I am a personal trainer outside of obviously um, what you see on Instagram of course it just looks like that I do live the full-time kind of lifestyle of a bodybuilder but I am also a personal trainer I do online coaching as well but personal training is mainly where it was kind of at before um, lockdown and then obviously lockdown hit and it has just been a case of I have been training eating sleeping like the good old full-time bodybuilder would so yes um but again um christopher chris kiffy whatever you want to call me um i get loads of names so yes that's really it that's i, I think I've, I've covered most things um yeah lockdown is really just getting a wee bit boring now but at the same time i am i am enjoying like living the kind of bodybuilding lifestyle because it has mm-hmm. allowed me to just focus on my own kind of training nutrition mm-hmm. sleep everything's just making sure that everything's on point and it's obviously paying off the way that I want it to so now it's just a case of once lockdown gets lifted I just need to take that into obviously when work starts again and that I just need to obviously take what I've got now and put it into there but yes I appreciate you asking me to come on thank you very much so I find it really interesting that you are living this bodybuilder lifestyle when, as I understand it, you never intended to be a bodybuilder. And I was watching one of your YouTubes recently, a Q&A, where you said that actually you wanted to, since the age of five or six, you wanted to be a, a wrestler. Mm-hmm. So it must be quite a stark turnaround from now being in lockdown. And as you put it, living and breathing the bodybuilder lifestyle eat sleep train repeat when you never thought that this was going to be your calling yeah so pretty much as I like growing up I would always watch you know like WWE and things like that the American wrestling and and that was the second that I pretty much laid eyes on that on the tv it was like right I want to be a wrestler do you know what I mean Mm. but obviously you are five, six, seven, eight years old. Do you know what I mean? You will say daft things like that. You will want to go to the moon and things like that. Do you know what I mean? Well, I w- obviously the goal was to become a wrestler. Um, and where I'm based, like I am literally in the middle of nowhere. So I am like a day's worth of traveling from anywhere, whether that be a good gym, whether that be a McDonald's, whether that be, do you know what I mean? Anything mm. at all. There's literally nothing here. So it was a case of I had to wait until I was 16. Um, obviously, bearing in mind, if I still wanted to become a professional wrestler, I had to wait until I was 16 to, to start training. And it came round to, obviously, um, my 16th birthday, still wanted to become a pre- like a professional wrestler. I would go to all the live shows and things like that. Mm. Um, and then I started training. Um, I had to travel to Glasgow um, like one or two times every week. So obviously, bearing in mind, again, it's like, two and a half hours there, two and a half hours back, just mm. for like two or three hours of training. Um, and 
Yeah, pretty much it, it did just take off from there. Like I did have an interest in training, as in like the gym and that, but it was mainly a case of um, at first I used to be quite fat, so I had to lose a lot of weight first. And then it was like, right, now I need to get fit for mm-hmm. the wrestling. It was never a case of, right, I want to get huge and strong and this and that and become a bodybuilder kind of thing. It was just mm-hmm. get fit for the wrestling. So um, I started training and then maybe, I don't know how long it would have been, I think like seven or eight months into training. That was when I started getting bookings for wrestling shows as in like independent wrestling shows. So it got to the point where I was able to travel like all around the world to places like um, Germany and Milan and things like that for um, wrestling bookings. So it did take off and I did what you could say live that so-called like childhood dream as a professional wrestler. It was Mm. um, like I was able to do what I really wanted to do. And again, I was able to achieve what I wanted to achieve in it before kind of calling it a day um but it wasn't until I maybe about two or three years into training that I was like I think I want to do a bodybuilding show because obviously I'd noticed that I'd started making like decent gains and that and it was a case of maybe I could try it and see if it would be an interest see if I liked it um because at that time I'd never took anything to do with nutrition or anything I'd, I like couldn't tell you chicken from rice I couldn't tell you I, this was one of the biggest things that always baffles people I never knew who Arnold was um like that's how much of uh, how much of, uh, of bodybuilding I knew do you know what I mean it was these are the biggest things uh, Jay Cutler was the first bodybuilder that I ever came across um and I was just mesmerized by his size and I think that's why that the only part of the bodybuilding side of things that really does interest me the most is the the mass monsters do you know what i mean i've not really i've not got anything against um any of the other classes or categories or anything like that but there's like always one kind of bit that mesmerizes me the most and it attracts me the most to a bodybuilding show and it's always the big mass monsters so that was really a case of getting into it to see if i liked it and then i'd done my first prep done my first show and it just skyrocketed from there kind of thing. I'd done my first show at 19. Um, so that would have been three years into training. Um, oh, wait. Sorry, there we go. Uh, so you, yeah. <laughs> you made a fairly big jump from what sounds like it was going really, really well in your wrestling career at such a young age that, then to come into bodybuilding like what what changed did something was it just that you thought well I love wrestling but I really love bodybuilding or did something happen with that wrestling that you thought you know what I don't I don't want to do this anymore yeah so pretty much I am like when I started the wrestling there was a, a specific independent promotion that I would always go and watch um even before I took up like wanting to start training and that um and the owner of that promotion um AJ McCallum was actually he lived around an hour away from me mm. and then obviously it was pretty it was him I always looked up to because obviously he was the he was the um main kind of superstar of that promotion he owned that promotion he was like he was the big kind of the 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 guy that you would always look up to kind of thing so obviously mm. when I got into um training and that he was actually one of the head trainers and 
we got asked at like the very, very, very beginning. It was like if long term goals, short term goals, and long term goals kind of thing. And it would always be like the long term one would be obviously who would you um, look to want to have a match with? Who would be like your so called dream match, mm. as in like a wrestling match with? And obviously, Adrian, with, with him being such a big influence on me, it was always him that I wanted to work towards being on a show with and working a show with. And then it I it must have been like, do you know, like all the other people were saying like really big top names and that, like who are like a big American superstars and that mm. kind of thing. And don't get me wrong, like Adrian was very, very, very well known and he was one of the best in the world for sure. Um, but then I waited, it must have been, it was on his show it was like a big seventh year anniversary. So it was like a very big show. And it came to the time where we built up like a feud where I ended up getting a match with him. So this was obviously my big dream match. This was mm. the main thing that I wanted to achieve in professional wrestling. And it happened. Everything went so well. Everything was just really good. And then obviously I was just continuing on my career, obviously within wrestling, getting better and getting better, getting bookings more, getting um, traveling more and things like that. And mm. then... It um, unfortunately came to a time and Adrian passed away and it was just, it was really hard for me to take because we, it got to the point where he was such a big influence on my career, but we also became very, 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 very close friends. Mm. And it was like, I was with him on the weekend and then all of a sudden the following day, that was it. Do you know what I mean? Um, So it was really, it was, it was a tough one to take and I tried Mm. to, do everything I could to stay within obviously what I really wanted to do um, and I continued on getting bookings but it just got to the point where the, at the same time I was that's when I started bodybuilding so it was so obviously I was in like my um, second season competing so obviously most of the kind of stuff that I'd done in that second season was really put towards obviously you know what I mean I was I was doing it for Adrian and everything like that everything mm. was really going towards that so that was a really good thing but then it just got to the point where bodybuilding started taking over a little mm. bit more and I was traveling more with the bodybuilding as well. And I think it was very hard to take and the wrestling as well that I had achieved what I wanted to achieve. So it felt the right time just to kind of pull back from it. But like I said, I was in um, from when I started to when I finished, it was like close to four years, I think, or mm-hmm. just over four years. So it just felt the right time. I suppose it must be quite difficult to carry on with something when someone that was such a big part of it for you was no longer in it with you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, Because it was always like a case of, like, he's seen a lot in me kind of thing. And it was a case of he would always believe in me to to help me get opportunities here, there and everywhere kind Mm. of thing. So it was like he was obviously a a very big part of my career in it as well. but yeah, and then like I said, the, the bodybuilding did take over a lot to the point where it would go from traveling one weekend with the wrestling to doing something with the bodybuilding, mm. doing something with the wrestling. And then the bodybuilding just took over more and more and more. And like social media side of things as well, um, most of it was coming from like the bodybuilding really. Mm. And what would he say about you bodybuilding now? I think he always like he always used to wind me up kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? He would always <laughs> it would it would always be a case of like um like 
whenever I was training and stuff, and obviously I started putting on a little bit of muscle and stuff like that. It was, it was, it was always just a wind up. It was always just like the banter was just unbelievable. So <laughs> I, th- I think that, I think that, um, I, I think that he'll be proud because um, he always was, and he would always be a very big support of not just like bearing in mind he wasn't really a fan of bodybuilding that much, like mm-hmm. just because he never did it. But at the same time, he was always um, very supportive of me doing um, both, and then obviously the bodybuilding as well he knew that it meant a lot to me as well so it was mm. it was it was nice that way definitely I'm sure he is uh very proud of you wherever he is right now um so you've had at such a young age a massive career in wrestling and now arguably equally if not so more with bodybuilding and for those of you that don't follow Chris um, and don't know, and you wouldn't know from looking at his pictures, Chris is natural and is 23 and is huge. And I, I was doing a podcast recording earlier on with Hader and I mentioned that I'd be speaking with you and he was like, the kid's a monster. <laughs> I mean, some of the lifts that you've put up people would they would never ever achieve that in their lifetime even with assistance that must feel incredible it is it's it's um it's definitely a really big thing um but like you'll you'll like you'll know yourself a progression with something like for me obviously even like with, with the weekend obviously like yesterday i done um 300 per five but I was I was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting so long for the 300 for five and don't get me wrong it felt unbelievable at the Mm. time and to be able to say that I have done that now is like really good but it's like I woke up to woke up this morning and it's like right what's next Mm. you know what I mean like now that's gone whereas Mm. two weeks ago that would have felt right this is this is fucking huge this is gonna absolutely either make or break me Mm. and then this morning it's like right What's, what's next? next yeah do you know what I mean it's it's um it's a hard one because you always go through that kind of motion where something is really 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 big in sight and then obviously once you do achieve it it's like it's like a never-ending cycle of mm. wanting to do that wee bit more yeah we always set goals and then you achieve it and you don't sit and uh, something I said last year was you don't sit and marinate in it you don't let that feeling of achievement kind of wash over you. You're just like, okay, done, tick, next. Definitely. And I think from just what I've seen of you and like the conversation so far, you are very, very goal-driven. So does that leave you feel, feeling unsatisfied? Or do you uh, feel that satisfaction, but you just forget about it? Yeah, I, I think that... <laughs> is a hard one like yesterday for instance it was a very like for the the remainder of the session it was a really good feeling because I had like I I felt that I had ticked a very 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 big box off because Mm. of how like I've tried quite a few times to nail even more than three reps and every single time I fell at three reps um but the way that I kind of approached everything yesterday and made sure everything was on point to the to where if I never got it yesterday um there wouldn't really have been that much more I could have changed 
to mm. make things better. Um, but that's one of the things that, like, I've had a, a couple of conversations with people that I don't think I will ever be, um, like, it's very cliche in that, but I don't think I'll ever be satisfied with anything that I achieve. Mm-hmm. It'll feel really good. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, it will feel fucking amazing. But I don't think it's ever going to come to a point where I'll not believe that I could even be 0.1% better. Um, whether that just being, like, fixing maybe an inch of a rep or something like that if it gets to that point which I don't obviously think it'll get to that point but you know what I mean it's always going to be like right there's going to be something Mm. written down on that whiteboard there that's going to be like Mm. that's next do you know what I mean we've got Mm. to go back and obviously put everything in towards that so yeah it's quite a weird one and how do you because am I right in saying you train alone yeah yeah so so how do you get that that drive and that almost competition with yourself because I think a lot of people I mean I train alone but I know that I will push myself so much harder if I'm training with someone that's just a little bit stronger than me I'll look at them doing it and I'll go if you can do it I can definitely do it yeah how do you get that that one percent extra that margin that extra inch or whatever it may be that little biscuit plate how do you get that when you're not in competition with someone well where i've been where like where i've been brought up i've never been brought up um surrounded by um bodybuilders surrounded by people that are very much into lifting and that it's just been a case of i've only ever been surrounded by um like negative vibes kind of thing so Mm. it's been a case of like i train now myself every single day out of a little garage but i used to train in a um, like a leisure center so i had access to a leisure center um and it, it, it was just like there was just so much shit every single time you would go in and it was the case of it wasn't shit of you would get shit you would just know there would be people talking shit and it's mm. like you you can only be surrounded by that so much and mm. and it's such a, it was such a small place like the, this this gym was like it's tiny um, so you were always getting like gear remarks you know what I mean and this mm. was like at the time when I was pulling like 200 kilo off the floor so it's like if they're giving me shit for pulling 200 kilo off the floor then fuck knows what they think about me pulling 300 off the floor mm. for more so it's like things like that but um, it was just like there was never really any um, like don't get me wrong there were that kind of tiny 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 few people that would be behind me but you would always get that negative like the the negative would always over like overlook your tiny positive support mm. that you've got kind of thing do you know what I mean so it was just a case of getting out of that as, as quick as possible because I was never one to to um want to be like that I feel as if like if I was to think like I'll be the one that will always try and take a positive out of something that might be fucking horrendous mm. um but I just feel as if if I let myself get into something that's maybe not so positive, it'll just eat me up and it'll just literally crumble me. Um, mm. But once I started getting into bodybuilding more, um, and of course the social media side of things, I would forever see um, natural bodybuilders more than ever. Like I don't, I, I'm the last. Obviously, any anybody that knows me and knows from my social medias, I'm the last person to have anything against. Um, the assisted side of bodybuilding I know that it's bodybuilding mm. and I have long-term goals that will no doubt go down that route of bodybuilding because of how high my goals are but 
you would forever see like um, posts of uh, the, it, I can only take this so far because I'm natural. I can only mm. um, I'll only, I, I'm not progressing on this because I'm natural. I, I'm not progressing at this rate because I'm natural. Um, like it's an excuse. Always, there would, there's always that kind of, and I hate the word, but there's always that like post about there being limitations mm. just just because you're natural, just mm. because you're not using drugs. And that is like, that I feel sparked something in me that if one person can even take from me that is natural and can take and understand that there isn't such a thing as a limitation for being natural, mm-hmm. it might just take that little bit longer mm-hmm. to achieve something than somebody that's using assistance. Mm-hmm. But it's, of course, it's a 2021 modern day bodybuilding industry. Mm-hmm. If you're natural, you can do fuck all. Do you know what I mean? That's the way people look at it. And just for people that are listening that don't know the difference between a natural and assisted athlete and, and what it means to enter a natural show, um, do, could you just give us a summary of what that looks like for you? Yeah, so pretty much we have to be um, very, very careful. Obviously, we're not allowed to use any form of anabolics. Um, we also have to be very careful of... Um, banned substances that can pop up in things like pre-workouts and that so um some pre-workouts you can get or even not even just pre-workouts in general they are a lot of supplements that um you could take as a natural bodybuilder but could easily hinder your drug tests mm-hmm. once they come back because there could be a substance in there that might only be a gram but could totally fuck mm-hmm. you up and even though it might not make the hell of a difference to your physique when it comes to show day um you have took it and it can completely um, wipe you from a show. So yeah. it's been very careful with that side of things. But obviously, um, when it comes down to um, the drug side of things, everything is eliminated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's really it. It's just it's always a shame whenever you see some people taking, um, like they'll not be taking um, steroids, but say, for instance, they have been caught out with, a supplement and it's just because they've not looked into um they've not checked the, ban- the lists yeah, yeah yeah the panel the panels on um, supplements are are vital to be checking nowadays because the smallest of thing if you've took it 10 days out of a show and it comes up on the test then mm. Do you know what I mean? And it's as well, like testing these days, like a lot of people are like, oh, you can you you can pass the tests, you know what I mean? You can you can take steroids and mm. stop taking them this amount mm. of weeks out and still pass the test, or the tests are a lot of shit and that like we get tested frequently out like throughout the year, obviously within like the BMBF Federation and and there are so many different tests that you get. Like it's not just one single test and that's it. Mm. You can go on and do whatever you want to do, like. They, they take a lot to do with that side of things and they are very serious about it so mm. you know what I mean it's it's a hard one so it's more than I think that's an eye-opener for me um, and probably will be for a lot of people listening to this whether they're in bodybuilding or not is that you're tested throughout in the same way as any athlete on any platform would be whether that is the Olympics mm-hmm. um the CrossFit Games, I know that they're tested throughout. Some powerlifting federations, they will test throughout the year as well. So that's really interesting to know because um, I, for one, definitely thought it was just kind of if you win your show or maybe going into the show that they would test you. 
yeah, most of the time, like you will find that um, at show times and that, if you do um, win your class, obviously you are guaranteed to get tested regardless. Um, mm. And then obviously, say for instance, if there's like a very, very close second or something like that, or, or during the day where they might not know who's going to go first and second, like, or even third, if there's a very strong third, or everybody will get pulled and obviously will require drug tests and that. Mm. Um, and then obviously once you move down the line, that's obviously when you start getting into obviously all the, like more so like polygraph tests and all that. That's like deeper into the season kind of mm-hmm. thing. You get all of that. Um, yeah. And there was once I done a, um, a saliva test as well. That was actually an, a, another one. Um, there's so many, like they are, they take, these federations wouldn't classify, like obviously don't get me wrong, like the, BM, the BMBF is one of the biggest natural federations there is um mm-hmm. so they're not going to not be serious about their testing and they're not going to not be serious about who turns up on the day kind of thing do you know what i mean mm. definitely and um, is there any reason other than um competing in a natural federation prior to that with the wrestling and everything else did you think well i'm actively choosing to be a natural athlete or was it just a case of like many of us well I want to get to my my natural ceiling I want to take it as far as I can and then if it comes to it and it's the right time then yeah I'll, I'll dip into anabolics or I'll dip into assistance in some way um I, I like well believe it or not my first show was an untested show um and that wasn't any reason like that that was that was really when the kind of first remarks started coming out oh I must be using steroids because he is only entering an untested show um my first mm-hmm. bodybuilding show was the NABA Scotland mm-hmm. um and I was 19 at the time but they never had a teen class so I had to jump in with the juniors which at the time I believe was it was either under 23 or under 24 um and I was lucky enough to walk away with first place in what could have been like quite a it was like I thought I was going to get absolutely pumped. I'm not going to lie. I, I was standing through the back thinking, like standing next to the boys that I was against. Mm. And you know that kind of way when you're just like, obviously it was very, very, very early in my career. And I was just standing there thinking, Jesus Christ, they are fucking huge. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that was the first show. And then that's when I moved on to the BMBF. And I've only competed in natural bodybuilding since then. Not because of anything else I just like who's to say that I won't dip into um untested federations again mm-hmm. you know what I mean like um the the PCA shows or two bro shows um they obviously are doing very very well and mm. um I, I don't know what's going to happen with them but at the same time it's like I don't know it was just really I think more so now because I've became a lot more knowledgeable within it um is like and I've got a few more goals to kind of Mm. tick off within being natural whether that being on stage or in training um you used a word when you were kind of talking about standing on stage and and your placing in that first show you said lucky mm-hmm. you were lucky enough to come away with first place what? i would say that because i would say that because it was my first ever show and i was not in shape um i would only say that because that first prep, looking back at it now, was a shambles. Um, obviously, it was my first prep, 
I never knew a single thing. Um, it was like, right, I'm going to just eat chicken and rice because that's what bodybuilders do. And I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna do this amount of cardio because that's what bodybuilders do. Um, do you know what I mean? I was mm. not knowledgeable whatsoever. Um, and like I said, that was my first ever time taking anything to do with nutrition. Mm. So like I just came from school and I was used to just eating shit for breakfast for a like a interval time lunch time going home eating shit that was really it I, I this but this is one of the biggest things where it always comes back to training because as much as I was doing that I was still training every mm. single day just because I enjoyed to train do you know what I mean mm. um but that would have really been the only um way that I could put it now looking at it because I was like I never really knew that much. I never went and got any judges' feedback or anything like that. So I, I all that I knew is I walked away with first place that day, and that was it. Mm. It, was, it was left at that. Um, and obviously, I was the stupid one that never went to the judges and was like, "Is there anything that maybe I could do to become that bit better?" And I'm not even sure if they were hand. Obviously, I know specific federations, like judges, do hand out. Um, if you go and see the judges, you will get feedback kind of thing. But obviously, I was never ever sure mm. um, what they were like. Um, but obviously, I was so young anyway. I was like just more concerned about the KFC that I was getting after the show. <laughs> over <laughs> it, chicken and chips instead of chicken yeah. and rice. <laughs> Pretty much, but yeah, that would be the only the only ever time that you would hear me use that word. Definitely, mm. definitely. Mm-hmm. When obviously being so young and getting into that, uh, as you say, 16, does that come from a a family of kind of sportsmen and women or are you kind of standalone, bit of a black sheep within your family? Like, how does that fit in? Yeah, so um, I just live with my mum and like it's only ever been us, like my whole entire life. Um, She's like she's a very 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 hard worker and she will like graft and graft and graft to the point where that is where I feel I got my ethic from towards obviously what I do mm-hmm. now bear in mind she's never like she's never took anything to do with bodybuilding never took anything to do with training the gym or anything like that um but she's always been my support and she's always been a case of being there like whatever I've done whether that been tried to play football at 14 with the wrestling like obviously if I was 16 I couldn't drive I couldn't do anything so mm. she was always the one that would get up at daft o'clock in the morning take me to Glasgow just so I could kind of pursue this dream kind of thing and obviously this happened more than once a week yeah. so bearing in mind we are like a hundred mile there a hundred mile back and this obviously was going on quite a lot while she was also working there was obviously the, the, there's lots of things so it's like the way I look at it now is my biggest thing would be to put myself in a position where I am able to put her in a very good position because obviously what she's done for me do you know what I mean Mm. um like she doesn't um like get paid all the money under the sun she doesn't she's not able to like treat herself to whatever the fuck she wants kind of thing do you know what I mean so it's like my goal to put myself in like work towards putting myself in a really good position to obviously give back too mm. because if, if, it, if it wasn't I'd be lying if I was sat here and said if it wasn't for what she's done I would never be in the position that I'm in right now definitely not 
she sounds but, pretty special. She is definitely, definitely. Um, and then it comes down to obviously like the genetic side of things and stuff like that. I'm always getting hit with, oh, you're only doing that because of genetics. You're only there because of genetics kind of thing. It's nobody ever look at looks at what goes on outside of. Mm-hmm. Uh, people only see like people only see me in the gym. That's it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? People only see me on stage. You don't really see anything else. And I'm trying to like obviously with my YouTube and stuff like that. I'm trying to document more so outside of the gym kind of thing don't get me wrong it's very gym orientated but at the same time I want to be able to show people that you've got to really like graft and maybe give up this and give up that if you want to take it really to the next level like genetics aren't going to carry you through they'll help Uh, it's no secret in bodybuilding that genetics do help Uh uh-huh but they're not the be all and end all. You can't treat your body like crap and expect it to return what you have achieved. Mm-hmm. Nah, that's that's the thing. Like genet- with genetics, you're guaranteed two or three days in the sun, but that's it. That's mm. it. If you're not willing to um, do everything else along with it, then you're fucked very mm. much. So definitely. So earlier on, you touched on your goals and how big they are and how there is potential that you will come away from the natural side of things. And I don't want to put too much emphasis on that because I feel like with natural athletes, that's all people ever talk about is, oh, you're natty, you're natty. Well, moving on from that, I kind of want to just have a talk about your goals and how did you, how did you decide your goals? I think a lot of people say road to O or road to pro, but Mm -hmm. it's so vast at such a young age, I know I keep saying this, but I'm I'm in awe of the fact that you are 23. I'm 31. And for you to be doing what you're doing at this age and doing it so well, like you have so much scope for the future. Your goals to match that must be massive. I would like, that's, uh, I do... Um, definitely like understand everything that you've just said like what you do see on obviously your your social medias and all this the series and stuff like that that you get like nowadays um I, I again like I can't sit here and say that my goal isn't the Olympia my goal my long-term goal is 110% the Olympia and without sounding like a cocky prick and without sounding like <laughs> my head is huge and I'm up my own arse I don't feel as if it's unrealistic um, because of what I'm willing to do to reach it and mm. what I've achieved. Like, obviously, what my biggest goal was to become pro in natural bodybuilding first. I wanted to um, pursue that because I wanted to feel as if if I can gain a pro card in natural bodybuilding, that's like a big thing ticked off. Then I can move and obviously achieve, basically complete it. Like, that's the thing. I don't want to just start off and just leave it and then jump to obviously the untested side because I've maybe came away with a second place at a show kind of thing Mm. I wanted to the main goal was obviously to complete it and and last year like that was one of the things last year when um like it was my I was still obviously I was in the junior class so the main goal was getting to the British finals and winning the the junior British title because it, it was the only title that I kept falling 
like fallen up, runner up. And it got to the point where the year before last year, as in 2019, there was one point in it, as in at the Britain. And all I kept getting told, even by judges and, and everything, all I kept getting told was it should have went the other way. The junior British title should have been mine. And that would have been easy enough to jump onto Instagram and bitch about it, go mm. on YouTube, bitch about it, say all this, say all that. But that was never the case. It was like I jumped off a stage and the goals were settled, ready to get back on the Britain uh, stage the following year and get what what I wanted and what I felt 110% I could get kind of thing. Mm. Um, went away and worked and worked and worked. And I was able to put on six kilo. In wow. That I came off stage 2019 in November and started prepping in, when would it have been? April, May. So you're talking like November, December, January, February, March, April, like six months. Um, and I six came. Kilo I was, in six I was six. I was six kilo heavier on stage last year, and obviously wow. I was able to take the British title and then go on win my pro card. Um, and then I obviously once you win your pro card, there is obviously the pro division, which has like the pro Grand Prix, which is like the big, um. British finals for the professional league kind of thing. Um, so because it was like made a special show kind of thing, the winner of their pro card was then invited if they wanted to jump into the professional division class that night mm. and compete as a professional. So obviously it was like a pro debut. Mm. Um, so really you were just, I was just going out for fun. I was just going out for a bit of experience with the big boys. And it was like, I knew I was going to get my absolute arse handed to me posing wise on that because you were getting put through it like you were getting put through like 10 12 rounds mm. just to really like see what it was like kind of thing so obviously that was the main goal and then I was able to walk away with first place in the the, the pro grand prix do you know what I mean I'd literally just won my pro card like half an hour ago and <laughs> then I was in the pro division and I was able to take um, first place so that was a that was obviously a, a day to remember kind of thing but going back to obviously my, my goals and that like it's definitely gonna be the the top of the top it's there's I would never shoot for anything um smaller than that and obviously I I, I know I 100% know what I need to go through to get to the top like I know mm. it's just not going to be a walk in the park all right you're at the Olympia and that's it mm. I know it's going to take years and I know it's going to take um I need to there's there's bumps in the road first to get over and they're obviously going to be the first challenges to get where I want to get so definitely and who do you look up to for that kind of goal to the Olympia is it the old school bodybuilders like Jay or are there kind of current bodybuilders in the UK or elsewhere that you think oh I I'm basing myself on their progression or do you just just solely focus on yourself? I'll always like, I will always 110% focus on myself. And I feel as if I do get that from where I train and obviously where I've been brought up, I've never been surrounded by um, a bodybuilding environment, a bodybuilding atmosphere. Mm. Um, I try to get on the roads as much as possible to be obviously surrounded by these um, sort of environments that like, the reality is it would be very, very good for me. Um, but where I am the now, I'm not sitting here. Like, I would never complain that 
what I've got there now, I would never complain about. Obviously, mm. I am very grateful for that. But um, I always go back to your likes of Doreen Yates. Um, that's where I get a lot of my inspiration from, um, physique-wise and training being one of the biggest ones. Training is always going to be um, between like Doreen, um, uh, what do you call him, Leroy Davis and Anthony Bales. Um, they are the kind of old school guys. Um, but then the modern day, like when I started getting into bodybuilding, um, you know, Dallas McCarver, he was um, one of the youngest. And again, I think because of how young he was, how big he was, how strong he was, the way he trained. And obviously, don't get me wrong, he wasn't natural, but I've never been one to, like, I love natural bodybuilding and there's so many really, really, really fucking good natural bodybuilders mm. who also train really hard and I look up to them a lot. But at the same time, it's always going to be the assisted mass monsters that I am attracted to because you don't get that, like, you don't look like that training the way that 99% of your modern day bodybuilders train like mm. in this industry do you know what I mean it's all about it's all about training smart now that's all it is it's all about training smart and don't get me wrong training smart has got its place but training smart is only going to get you so far and I have I've done it I've tried it and I've always 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 found myself back like doing what I'm doing now and I, that's why I feel as if I like I've achieved the physique that I've got the now at such a young age because of the the hard and heavy basic stuff the old mm. school stuff what you could say Do you know I mean give me mm-hmm. a barbell and I'll be happy yeah yeah but. which kind of leads me on to something else I, I think of you as very much a hybrid um obviously we've touched on the wrestling the bodybuilding but the way that you train is kind of like powerlifter-esque it's that kind of hybrid powerlifter vibe. Now, I personally love that. I think powerlifting is like mesmerizing. The 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 amount that some people can move at the body weights they are, I find incredible. But surely, surely you have to step onto a powerlifting platform at some point because it seems not, I don't want to say a waste, but that that you're lifting more at your body weight than some of the record holders are so it almost is a waste if you don't do that I think like um I I like this is one of the things that I will get a lot of messages about is either will you do a powerlifting meet or or you should do a powerlifting meet or you, you know what I mean it's but it's never, this obviously goes back to me doing what I do because I've got the love for training. Powerlifting's never really been um, an interest kind of thing. Mm. Um, going into obviously this year, I've kind of, the way like my lifts have went and stuff like that, I'm more so thinking, right, when everything does start happening again, I will do a powerlifting meet um, mm. because I'm now starting to get a little bit more interest to see where I would fall within like your powerlifting ranks. Um, so it would be, like thinking about it now it would definitely be interesting and I would um love to do one obviously as soon as they start happening again but like I said it's it's been a hard one because it's never been an interest enough for me to take in to do with it and I would hate to change up my training that's one of the things as well like Mm -hmm. I love the way 
I, I love I, I don't feel as if I would need to change it up hugely, but see the thought of only focusing on squat, bench and deadlift mm-hmm. and that's it kind of thing. It's like, I don't know. I don't know if I can commit to train like a power lifter, even though... Dare I say, the way that you train now would still serve you well in I'd a powerlifting so. meet. <laughs> I'd hope so. Yeah. I'd hope so. I, th- I, think, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that it would be good to see. Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will... Um, when they start happening, because um, I've I've seen more to like. Obviously, I I don't really search up powerlifting that much, so yeah. I've probably not seen anything to do with it. Like you're always seeing, oh, this bodybuilding show is happening, this bodybuilding, the date for this, the date for that. But I've not seen much to do with um, powerlifting meets happening. So I'll probably just need to look into it more. Um, I have a, a friend in powerlifting. I'll um yeah. I'll message you after this and you've get got, you you've got to. <laughs> you've got to definitely um definitely yeah but, so it, i'm conscious of time because uh, i've i've had my hour with you but i have a couple more questions that i've been asking everyone that i have chatted to on this podcast yeah. um so across the whole span of the 23 years and i'm mm-hmm. talking from early school days and eating crap here there and everywhere to those days where you traveled 100 miles back and forth to to do that even down to just the way that you were in your early teen years is there anything that you look back on and think I would change that Mm. I I think I would probably just look back now and 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 kind of wish that I took more to do with the nutrition side of things in my earlier days within bodybuilding that would be really the only thing because like I've I've never been the sociable um, character. Like I've, I, I don't drink or anything. I've never drank. I've never mm-hmm. been on a, a night out. I don't socialize with friends and things like that. And and obviously to the outside person, that sounds fucking horrendous kind of thing. But I know at the same time what my goals are. Um, and I think that learning and understanding really what I did want from what I was doing um, has helped me like instead of, maybe only realising it now, when me realising it maybe three or four years ago, mm. I feel that that did help a lot. Um, obviously, like, I did only start training when I was 16 and that as well. So it was just, I would probably Thank just look me. back now and I would probably just look back now and think probably should have got into nutrition a little bit earlier. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I can't say it's no, like, waking up and, eating crisps for my breakfast I can't yeah. say it's it's no served me well <laughs> it's, um, obviously I wouldn't do that now for anybody that's listening <laughs> um, but yeah I think it would just be more so the food side of things because when I look back at training training has not really changed that much mm. um, obviously I became a lot more knowledgeable within training and how to train and how to execute things differently but it's not really changed that much do you think in years to come you will whether that's 10 20 30 years from now you'll look back and wish maybe you had done those nights out and maybe you had had a bit more social time in your younger days ah it's a hard one I don't I don't think I will I don't think I will um because 
I think, like, obviously all of my um, friends are the same age as me. So they are, like, we live two total different lifestyles. They're mm-hmm. out every single weekend and I'm not. But obviously I'll still talk to them and that. And, and they have became a lot more understanding of what I do, like, a lot recently um, with everything that's happened. But, like, at the same time, you would always get the, oh, are you coming out tonight? Are you, you know, are we going out this weekend? And that kind of thing. And obviously I would never be the one to be like, like, I am coming out kind of thing. Um, I am obviously sitting and putting everything towards what I want to achieve. But I also want to, like, long-term goals obviously are bodybuilding. But at the same time, long-term goals are also be able to live a very, 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 how would you say it? Like, I don't, I never want to be able, I I want to get in a position where I never have to worry about anything. Mm. A big, big thing being financial wise. Mm. Um, So that is always going to be, um, a goal so I don't think I'll ever look back and think I probably should have went on them nights out it's, it, it doesn't interest me whatsoever right now um, whether I was in if I wasn't in bodybuilding I don't know if it would interest me whatsoever but I've never been one to um, do anything like that kind of thing so it's a uh... and just if you're not going on those nights out and meeting people and and doing those sorts of social things that we all did and do then and you live with this insular life you're trained alone and you live as you say kind of out in the sticks away from uh, a lot of kind of normal things and and what it may be how does that go with like meeting people and relationships and how do you see that going forward for you for the future meeting a partner I am um, like I, I I get more out of like I've got a lot of like friendships and that within bodybuilding do you know what I mean like I am mm-hmm. very close to people within bodybuilding whether that means that we live 150 200 miles apart like that's where when I travel away like I'm obviously not the now we locked down but most weeks I am away somewhere kind of thing mm. so I'm always I am always with these people do you know what I mean um but like that would really be a case of like obviously I'm going through like your Monday to Friday and then when it comes to say for instance the weekend because obviously say like Monday to Friday I'm working then the weekend kind of thing say I'm on the road I'm able to obviously meet up with these people bodybuilding competitions um seminars do you know what I mean I try and get to as much things like that so they are like my socializing side of things. Mm. Um, obviously, when it comes to training and that, that's a lot different. But they are more so my kind of things that I would say that I'm into. Like I, I've, I've got nothing against um, living the like I've, going out with friends, meeting up with people. That is that's normal. That's life. Mm. And I would be the last person to have anything against it. Like I would never sit here and say that you should not do that and you should not do this kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like like if it makes you happy I fucking do it do you know what I mean that's the, yeah. the biggest thing that's the, the the and it's just a normal lifestyle people do it because they enjoy themselves they don't do it for any other reason apart from meeting up with people and that and it's it's great to see but it would just never be an interest in mine um mm. it's like the way some people or some other people would maybe look at like bodybuilding for instance like not a lot of people are into what I do and that's totally fine as long as they understand that I'm not into what they do. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, maybe the the ratios are going to be a little bit different, but at the same time, it's they're just two totally different things. Just different hobbies, different lifestyles. Yes, yeah, that's it. That's it. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. And one more question for you, which I'm asking everyone. Go for um, it. Obviously, you are known as the natty young bodybuilder who's achieved mm. mad things. Okay. But what do you want to be remembered for? Uh, blue collar work, work ethic. I want to be known as the 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 one that the, the attitude of never been outworked. I want to be known as that because that's the way that I'll approach the the biggest sets. I'm doing this because like nobody else is doing it nobody else is doing this I've achieved what I've achieved because nobody else is like at such a young age people have achieved what I've achieved but not at my age Mm. and the only reason that I'm able to achieve things like this is because my work ethic and if I can be remembered as that and that only like I don't care about achievements I don't want to be remembered as as winning this winning that it's just a case of I want to be remembered as the, the one that that continuously always look to work harder that's and that's one of the things like that is my motto that I'll always live by you can always work harder regardless of how hard you are working Mm -hmm. and regardless of what you achieve regardless of um what you achieve within the gym within bodybuilding within your business you can always work harder to do something more Mm. well like I said at the very start whether that being like by only one percent if it if it is making you better then you can continuously work harder and then it always goes back to um the natural side of things as well I always want to be the one to be remembered as somebody who never ever ever believed in limitations because I don't and whatever I can see up here has happened for mm. what I've seen so I can still see a lot more things and I do feel that they are 110% going to happen and the last thing I want to be obviously known as is is being big-headed in that because that's not what I want to be but at the same time I don't believe there's nothing that I can't do if I can't see it so if I can see something I've got a really 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 good feeling that it's going to happen definitely I think that's good um kind of putting it out there working towards a goal you can you can do anything that you work towards you can achieve anything you want to achieve as long as you grind hard enough 110 percent 100 and there'll, there'll never be a natural limitation no not a chance in hell don't believe it and whether so, that comes whether that sorry whether that comes to the point where i make the jump it's still going to be the same attitude do you know what i mean i don't see a difference of me and somebody that using assistance and i would never i would never like i'm never one to claim or like I would never throw out in every single post or don't forget people i'm i'm natural in that i don't yeah. care if i'm natural do you know what i mean it's I'm doing what I want to do and and that's the thing. I don't see nothing's not going to happen. Definitely. Okay. Well, thank you so, so much for talking with me. Um, for anyone that's listening to this podcast and they want to find you on Instagram, what is your tag? It is just at Kiffy West underscore. So that is just K-H-I-F-I-E-W-E-S-T underscore because nobody ever knows how to spell my name. <laughs> but... <laughs> That is it. That is literally just it. I'm on Instagram like 24 hours a day. Um, who who doesn't love an ambiguous tag? <laughs> that is so very true. <laughs> oh, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Um, 
thank, thank you, you so much for having me on. I appreciate Hi. it a lot. Thank you so much, honestly. You're welcome. Um, I'm glad that I could get you being kind of someone that has dipped their toe in so many different areas and not to say it again, but at your age, having such a um, expansive and successful career is very inspiring. Um, and I hope that anyone that is listening to this and thinks, oh, I don't know if I can do that, that they the one thing they take away from this podcast today is, well, Chris did it. Chris did more than some people have that are double his age. Um, and if you want to do something, you can do anything that you set out to achieve 110 percent, definitely definitely thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure and uh i look forward to watching you on a powerlifting stage soon (laughs) very soon don't 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 forget to tell me about your your powerlifting friend i'll get you some dates over don't worry about that (laughs) definitely right thank you very much much. i'll see you later thank you bye